and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast, where the mood is good. The mood is lively, to say the least, isn't it, Daryl Carter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to someone else. <laughs> go to someone else. TC's having to have a drink. Dan Barber's looking nervous. Right, in all seriousness, excellent weekend of racing, obviously, to look forward to. And as I say, ultimate cliche with a weekend like this, something for everyone. Graded action at Kempton, lovely stuff. Flat action at Southall for the winter derby and the Heaver Stakes. And then staying chase action up at Newcastle with the Ida to cover. So plenty for us to get stuck into um before we do that let's first and foremost have weather watch then we'll do a bit of housekeeping tc let's head straight to you for weather watch please because it is absolutely lashing it down in oxfordshire as we speak and i know lingfield's had a lot of rain so there's a big cloud over the south what is the weather doing at kempton specifically please um it is currently <clears throat> soft, good to soft in places, but I'm about 10 miles away. It was raining a lot this morning. We had a two-hour lull, and it's been persisting down since about 11 o'clock. Uh, and when I say persisting down, <laughs> it's coming down heavily. So if they're getting that 10 miles down the road, I think we're looking at soft stroke heavy. And there's a, there's a mill around on Friday and currently about three mill around on Saturday. So... I think it's going to be testing soft, but who knows? And oh, uh, New Mar uh, Newcastle, yeah, it's heavy soft in places. Um, the forecast was really grim there on Monday for the week, but they've had virtually nothing, and from here on in, it's going to be drier. So um, heavy soft in places at Newcastle with no substantial rain forecast. Oh, well, that'll keep me happy because, as I mentioned pre-recording, I will be up there on Saturday. So be very happy if it's not raining. Um, Daryl, you look to have recovered yourself. Uh, just a quick check in with you. I presume all all right. Yes. Yeah, no. yeah. All right. In good great. spirits now. In good spirits now. Yeah. Great, great. And Dan, I didn't even say hello to you. I just mentioned you in passing. All all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in good spirits. Likewise. Thank you. Good. OK, well, now we're back on track. Happy days. Bit of housekeeping for you. Don't forget, completely free bet on racing multiples every weekend between now and Cheltenham. And alongside the completely free multi available this weekend, our popular bet and get on racing multiples offer is available, but it's to selected customers this Saturday. So please check your carousel to see if you qualify and to make sure that you have to opt in if you are eligible and T's and C's apply. So check your carousel, see if you're in for that. And also stay on top of your game, obviously, by using the safer gambling tools that Betfair provides. They're easy to find and apply. You can set deposit and loss limits. Uh, you can use the simple profit and loss tracker, set time checks as well for gaming and over almost, sorry, almost 50% of the Betfair customers already use safer gambling tools to manage their play. So give them a try if you haven't already, because we're all about about having fun with it but we want you to do it responsibly please and on that note let's get stuck in to tipping some winners for our loyal listeners and viewers out there tc we'll start with kempton and we will start with you the 115 is the handicap hurdle over two miles and half a furlong um it's a class three event and largey poet is your nine to two market leader currently joker demine there at 13 to two for harry Durham, and lord of cheshire is seven to one those are your top few we've got plenty to get stuck into so give us the winner please tc 
I'm loath to correct you, but it's over two miles five. <laughs> Sorry. What Come did on. I say? What did I Two say? Two miles and a half a furlong, I think you said. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Okay, no, no worries. Uh, bit of housekeeping here. You've got two horses in here. First preference at Chepstow. They are up for parole. And I've forgotten about the other one. The other one is in from the cold. Uh, currently up for parole 14s with the sportsbook. So there's a 5P rule for there. But by the time this goes out, they're to push that out because it's, it's much bigger elsewhere. But uh, keep an eye on those. Um, one that stood out for me, uh, and I was a bit underwhelmed by the first first firm up going 13 to 2, uh, that was Sea Invasion. But thankfully, the Betfair Sportsbook have ridden to the uh, rescue, going a top price tens about Sea Invasion, four places. And I seriously can see this one going off favourite. Um, so any seven to one or, or bigger by the time this goes out about Sea Invasion will. Would suit me. Um, it's um, it's got a, quite a lot. Of, it's got quite an interesting backstory. This it, it finished second to a certain Slade Steel on its only point, uh, and then it showed precious little before finishing third to Jericho Repinet Newbury, and but he really caught the eye in a qualifying his third qualifying run for a handicap mark over two miles here uh, on Boxing Day. Now, the form of that race, uh, it was actually running a decent time by the looks of it. And the form of that race has been franked by the second and third winning next time. Uh, and the interesting thing is the step up in trip. Now, the, he's, he's out of a, uh, he's out of a ledger, by Ledgerford, out of a mile seven win on the flat. So you really think that the step up to two mile five will suit. The only negative I can see about his chance is the fact that he's a pound out of the handicap. But as I said, I, I think he's well handicapped. Off an effective mark of 114. Uh, Chris Gordon, the stable form is going to be a feature of my tipping this weekend. Chris Gordon's mm -hmm. yard has been in much better form in the last month or so. They're pretty, they're pretty dog shit for the season before that. And um, Chris Gordon had a double on this card in 2022, including when saddling the punted 72 winner of this race. So right. I can see Sea Invasion being punted and going very, very well here. So, yeah, tens with the sports, but playing four places is a great bet. And like I said, I think he's a better six and sevens onwards because I, I can see him, you know, edging favouritism nearly off, hopefully, anyway. Wow, okay, beautiful. Good, strong start to the show. Over to you, Daryl. Yeah, he's bang on the mark with Sea Invasion, really. Um, the, the third from that oh. uh, Kempton run will run at 105 at Newcastle as well. So we'll run again to get another form boost there. Um, he was one of two on my shortlist. The other, and the, and the one I'm going to go with, is, is Mark of Gold for Gary Moore. Uh, won this race last year. I thought he was set up to run a big race last time at uh, in the Lanzarote. He was going with plenty of zest, I thought, throughout the race uh, and then came down similar to what he did, the same thing he did last year before coming to this race and winning. Um, I can't get out of my head the run when 7th for 21 in the Martin Pipe last year, following winning this race off a mark of 139. Um, I thought he was given a bit of a bit of a howler that day by Caelan Quinn, but he ran into a lot of trouble, but he wasn't beaten far by Iroko. Um, I think he comes good around this sort of time of year. Uh, he won't mind the ground, and he's fairly handicapped. And 14s, I was very surprised, actually, to see him a double-figure price. I thought he'd be in at about sevens. I can't quite understand why Largy Poet is favourite. I think there's a lot of movement coming in this market. He's got to be a market short winner, surely. 
Okay, interesting. So kind of two market shorteners predicted then. Both boys down on Sea Invasion. Do you agree with the lads with that selection? Uh, well, I can, I can certainly I can see both cases. Of course, I can. Yeah, the Sea Invasion is quite a tempting one, isn't it? Sneaking in at the bottom of the weights with scope for improvement. But I'm hoping it rests on Dan Skelton's shoulders to some extent in the sense that his two habitual frontrunners, Getatonic and West of the Bridge, are in action. And I want both of them to go hell for leather and set it up for a horse. So I just, I've thought for ages, actually, seen him a few times on track, that Resplendent Grey is going to be a different horse in a strongly run race. He's spent most of his career so far pottering around in small fields on really testing ground. Apart from hoping that the Skelton horses tee it up, I'm hoping that Kempton gets the positive side of the forecast and misses most of the rain and it ends up not getting worse than soft, good to soft. Because I do think this horse will be a different animal off a break in a strongly run race, a bigger field. He's a, he wears a hood. He's quite keen, but he's a powerful traveller and there's definitely more ability to be unlocked than we've seen so far of 126. He was in the market for a good handicap at Cheltenham, two starts back. He was second in a Persian war behind a horse, Captain T. He had no right to beat, and he probably wasn't as well suited by the test either. So um, four places I particularly like with the sports book, and it will be on resplendent grey, win and place. Beautiful. Okay, strong views to kick us off then. Let's move on to the 150 over the two miles. It is the first of the graded races on show. The Ju the Adonis Juvenile Hurdle, Adonis Juvenile Hurdle, and Khalif de Burley is your five to six favourite. Dan, I'm going to start with you here because tricky race this. It's based around this favourite and Khalif de Burley for Paul Nichols. Kind of a hype, really. Had loads of chat and he's taking on the likes of Gimme Five for Harry Tiram, 130 currently. Peaking Opera in there for Gary Moore. Obviously, Daryl already made a selection with the Gary Moore team and they have a big weekend ahead of them. But Dan, what has Khalif de Burley done in terms of form or is it reputation that has him up there? No, I don't... I I don't think that's too shabby at all, doing that to Roaring Legend. A few people, I think, are probably on... I've not done the race in any depth yet with no weights out. A few people are on this Roaring Legend Fred Winter project as a horse right. that's got lots of improvement in him, and he and he kicked him out of the way with Roaring Legend coming from a poor position. But he's given five away, and speaking of five, that's the operative word, because I reckon Give Me Five can bridge a gap to horses that might have more scope and in the case of Peking Opera, had much better platform. I would be, I've been so impressed with what he's done in two starts. I rate Cartoon and Co. And he got the better of him in a long drawn out finish at Raisin and was well on top at the end. But it's more so what he did at Warwick. Um, the form's largely untested. The second and third have run. The second looks like he's going the wrong way. The third ran yesterday at Ludlow when I was there in a handicap and tanked through it and didn't see his race out. Um, that's Royal D side, who was a good flat operator, 80-odd. And give me five, he just has these qualities of those sort of horses that can leave their flat form behind. His flat form was for Johnny Murter anyway, so there's a different stable angle. He's two from two, and he just a, looks a relentless galloper to me who seems to absolutely relish jumping hurdles and... I think that I'll see him well ahead of the horses that were his equal on the flat. I think I can I can see it bridging the gap to Peking Opera, whose bare form over hurdles at Sandown is nothing flash. And I can just see him being a bit too streetwise and maybe a bit too battle-hardened for Calif de Burley in receipt of £5. And 
I actually hope there's a downpour between my first bet running Resplendent <laughs> Grey and this second race because I don't think Gimby Five will um, be bothered at all if he's able to try and run the finish out of these on testing ground. A very specific weather witch yeah. whiff from Dan. Um, Daryl, are you in agreement that getting the five pounds, this is tougher for Khalif de Burley than the market is kind of suggesting at this point? No, but I will take five. Khalif de Burley to win by five. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, the five pound doesn't bother me. I thought the, the Kempton run really sort of blew me away, to be honest. I was so, so impressed. It was effortless. He just, he just looked a ready-made sort of, um, like it's a lot of these juveniles, you see them progress from one start to another, one start to another, like steadily progression. He just looks already a ready-made like star in the future, in the making. Um, look, the form from last time at Kempton is actually not that bad. He gave eight pounds away to Roaring Legend, who got within what four or five lengths of Liari in a listed hurdle at um, Musselboro. Next time, Liari's weighed one hundred and thirty-five. Yeah, the third come out and won. Uh, the Nicky Henderson fifth come out and won next time. And he did it effortlessly, like, like big, big talking horse. But he, he sh what he showed at Kempton, I just think he's he's got plenty of speed. I, I, I just the visual impression he left, I just wouldn't want to take him on. I think he's pretty smart. Okay, well then it's over to you, TC, to tell us how to play this race because obviously that's a vote for the top two in the market. Different profiles coming in here. Where did you or how are you going to play it? Um, I think um, the favourites underpriced at five to six with a sports book. Um, but that said, if he goes and wins this, Paul Nichols has got a decision to make, hasn't he? Because if he if he beats these lot, and there's some obviously there's some there's some decent horses in their own right in here, and it's a decent race in its own right. He's got a decision to make about the triumph hurdle, isn't he? Because um, like I said, if he wins this impressively under a five pound penalty, then. You know, Paul said, you know, he doesn't view him as a triumph force, but they might well be tempted after this. But no, as as a betting proposition, uh, odds on in a race with so many unexposed horses, um, it's it's not for me. No bet for me. It's a no bet race. All right. Do you want to go straight on then to the next race at Kempton? The Pendle Novices Chase, two miles, four and a half. Furlongs TC and blow yeah. your wad and Le Patron are your 11 to 4 market leaders currently co favorites for the two of them. And interestingly, TC kind of coming in here weirdly with similar profiles, e.g., have been progressive and then their latest shows were falling into the sort of too bad to be true category. Is that fair? Yeah, well, this, this race has had a big shake up at the overnight stage because. Nickelback, who ranged from about six to four to two to one in the anti-post market, mm. hasn't turned up. Um, so obviously that's that's a big betting shape up and a big pace, you know, uh, shake up as well because obviously that one's only got one rare running and that would suit La Patron possibly going from the front. Um, couldn't see any other significant pace in there, but what I couldn't get my head around when when the prices started coming up. On Thursday, late Thursday morning, the sportsbook went seven to two, and I thought, yeah, that's that's about right. But four firms have gone up six to one about Arclight, which I just can't get. Uh, I just I just don't understand that how and that, you know that those prices have been sitting there for about two or three hours, which I find very hard to believe because Arclight was sixes in most places with Nickel back in the race. So I think Arclight is. 
very, very interesting at, at those bigger prices. Um, obviously, she's getting lots of weight uh, from all her rivals. She's getting £11 from Le Patron, you know, who won the grey one at Sandown in the year. Um, she is improving. Uh, she showed her stamina over two mile four at Wing Canton last time. She's a course winner. Um, I just get the impression that, that there's plenty more to come from her. The, the one danger with her is if Kempton are going to get 10 mil plus throughout the day and a bit more, it will be at far less on Friday and Saturday, that won't be in her favour because they think she's a better horse on better ground and, and their ground's probably soft enough already. But if the ground isn't too bad, but come Saturday, um, I think Arclight is is a big player here, getting getting lots of weight because I don't really fancy that much against her. So, yeah, um, Arclight would be my suggestion in the race. Okay, and a strong case made currently 7-2 to two, uh, behind those two market leaders we've already mentioned right about now. Uh, Dan, over to you for this. Can you see the case that Tony's made for the mayor? Could be the weather for an arc, couldn't it? Actually, not the arc nice tree on. I mean, nice I mean, no, done. I mean Noah's job with the animals going in two by two. Um, just to clarify, um, and I'm massively with Mr. T. Calvin here. How how recent do you like your inform boost as well? Because approximately, I like them to be within minutes. I like well, that, and they need to be minutes. Well, you'll be happy then, because 37 minutes ago, Marsh Wren set off in a race in Ireland at Thurlers, and approximately five minutes later had lowered the colours of Hermonia Maker and I can't remember the other one who was in the race, um, the other notable <laughs> in the race. And Arclight gave her, I thought, a pretty sound beating. I, a love affair with this horse began just from the mere fact that Nicky Henderson was happy to run a four-year-old filly over fences as he did. He just, oh. it, it's so not his MO. She must have shown something at home that they straight away made them think, well, we need to go chasing with her because she's got a flat pedigree. She used to race on the flat. You'd have fully expected her to have a season in handicap hurdles, maybe try and pick up a bit of um, black type in a in a listed race here or there. But they went straight chasing. She was absolutely mustered at Kempton first time out, pinged every fence until the last when she was hacking up. Um, mm. She's followed up twice since. Look at the Exeter race. I think she was 11 and a half lengths clear of Carol's Pass, who, yeah, over a different trip, but then ran, ran them ragged in another listed mare's race over three miles there next time. I agree that, with the sentiment that she possibly doesn't want it bottomless be, because of her background and the fact it might blunt her slightly. But I actually think she's the one who'll go to the front. I think, she, see what Nico says to Tony, but... She's an enthusiastic horse who sat handy so far over fences. Why not make use of her? Make use of the weight allowance. And it's the first chase on the card, isn't it? So you're hoping that, yeah, it is the first chase on the yeah. card. It's not like Ludlow yesterday where the, you maybe got away with it in race one, but by race five, it's absolutely churned up and in a terrible state. So she'll be on the best of the ground on the chase track and... Yeah, I I think she might just be too sharp for them getting in the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, obviously, jockeys don't mention tactics. I spoke to Nico, and he obviously didn't mention that when I talked to tactics after last weekend. Um, it, it was Nico's idea to send her chasing. Um, oh. Right. He always thought she'd be a a far better chaser, and uh, they actually fought a bit of her as a of a juvenile hurdler. But yeah, um, I get the impression uh, that. Uh, he really likes her. That's why he suggested Chase. 
Okay, good intel. Daryl, who else would you like to add into the mix here? Well, I'm, I'm in agreement with them. Um, I, oh. I thought that they went chasing with her to take advantage of the four-year-old allowance last year. Um, but I think it's quite good place in here to, to get an allowance as a five-year-old. So I, I, it was more of a sufferance of I couldn't really back much else in the race. I suppose the slight caveat that might just change my mind from a from an in-running betting perspective is is if they revert to front-running tactics with Soul Icon because this is an out-and-out front-runner over hurdles and he's been held up at the rear of field in the last two starts and he didn't disgrace himself over what I think is a trip too short of two miles for him. And I think going back up and trip, if Gavin Sheehan get on the front end and, and try and dictate, I think he'll outrun his odds. But I'd only consider backing him when they're lining up at the start. So I wouldn't be able to tip him now. Arclight would be the bet for now. I think there's questions over over the others, over the over the big boys in there, to be honest. So um, wouldn't surprise me. Right. I've racked my brains. I honestly can't remember another four-year-old in recent times that Nicky sent chasing. So rare. So rare, there we go. Okay, very positive on heart like them, boys. Onwards we go uh, to the Dovecote Novices Hurdle, another grade two on the card. Daryl, you can start here over the two miles. Um, lump sum for Tam Sam Thomas is your 13 to 8 favourite currently. Fiercely proud, 7 to 2 for the informed Ben Pauling Yard. Uh, Panjari after that for Paul Nichols, 9 to 2. Secret Squirrel, the very striking Huey Morrison gelding, 11 to 2. Those are your top you nice and competitive this for the sort of race that it is i thought daryl yeah it is and, and i think i think lump that sums too short at the top of the market i think i think the market's really like latched onto this doncaster form line through jericho de repine yeah but, like if, if you take the view that jericho de repine underperformed that day which a lot of people are using the case to back him going forward then you can't really be backing lump sum off the back of that. So I, I wanted to be against the two at the top of the market. And I, I think Panjari's the bet in here. I'm surprised he's not favourite, to be honest. I think he's got the strongest form in the race. He's arriving on the back of a career best at Musselboro last time, where the time was a good figure. It was the best on the card. He beat Bertie's Ballet that day. That Bertie's Ballet had beaten Norman Fletcher the time before at Aintree, who was, um, I suppose, touted as an outside bet for the Betfair hurdle. And that Bertie's Ballet had been behind favour and fortune the time before, only beating three lengths, who was subsequently placed second in a grade one and is rated 138. Like, he was third to go Dante and Doddy the Great at Cheltenham. Those two went on to finish third and fourth in the Betfair hurdle. I would ignore the penultimate start of Muscle because they took the headgear off completely. But for me, he, he, he's, the, he's a form horse in the race. He's got the strongest speed figure. Like, I think he's improving, and particularly on his German flat form. Like, he was giving some high, high ratings over in Germany on the flat, and he won't mind what the ground does. He's, Harry Cobbler's going to be very, very forceful with him. Like, I think, for me, he's the bet. I think think he's well overpriced at 9-2. to Do you concur, Dan? Do you think Panjari is overpriced? And if you do concur, great. And if not, who else is a bit of value in here? I, I was just chuckling to myself, actually. You mentioned the striking grey, uh, the striking secret squirrel in appearance. So, <laughs> so my colleague mentioned that he thinks the horse looks like Ric Flair, the old WWF wrestler. Now, that may mean zilch to you. It might mean a bit to Daryl. And it, no, Tony's shaking his head as well. But there must be some viewers of my vintage with his sort of blonde locks flowing out of control. You just have to, we'll have to clip it up somehow. I'll put it in the comments or something. Um, okay. What's once his you name see again? It, What's his name? Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Sounds like someone I would date. Right. <laughs> Go on, Dan. I don't think you would. No, he's about 75. <laughs> um, 
that that wouldn't stop me. Um, is any port in the storm for Vanessa at the moment? Seventy-five. Oh, oh, I was sent an egg, don't you know, TC? For God's sake. <laughs> um, the one I liked was, I know Daryl's right. I think possibly to question the the Donny form, but I did think Fiercely Proud went through that race really encouragingly. I was the rate I was remember being at raising the day. He made a successful debut for Don Cantil on. He swept right out from right out of the back. He's got a flat pedigree. He's a speed horse. And just sort of a timings thing. I know it's going to be quite testing at Kempton, but the Donny race took in excess of four minutes, 17 furlongs and a bit. The Dovecat and the Adonis, they tend to range between 345 and 350. So this should be a greater emphasis on speed, which I think will suit this horse. And the, the, the Donny race just didn't go his way. Strong traveller who wants producing late. He ended up in the firing line probably further out than he wanted. He had first go at Jericho de Repinay and then ended up getting picked off by lump sum in second. I think he'll reverse the form. I'm not, it's not a strong view at 7-2, to two, but I thought there was just about enough in it. This is Ric Flair, yeah? It's a bad picture. I mean, it looks like he's got no head, but yeah. You see? <laughs> Yeah, it's Ric Flair's suit. I honestly can't make out anything. There was literally, there was literally no head on there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He would be a no from me anyway. I've given him a look, but it's fierce. Oh, I was, was going to make a joke about you, ex you accepting Rick Waller in your current form, uh, Vanessa, but uh, <laughs> I won't go there. Let's not. Um, Let's go on, yeah. TC. Um, yeah, I can. I, I can fully see the case for Nichols's Panjari, but um, like I said, the sportsbook are ducking that at nine to two, and there's plenty of sevens and thirty to two elsewhere. So if you if you if you follow Daryl there, you know, obviously do what you have to do there. Uh, I am going to take a flyer, well, and I have taken a flyer on Nichols's second string Fasol here. Uh, the sportsbook are top price about this one fifty, forties and thirty threes elsewhere. And I just think it's worth a flyer. There's nothing in here that scares me whatsoever. I mean, they're all 130 of rated horses. And obviously, but the thing about Faso is it's kind of like a Hail Mary kind of like a bit of placing because if he wins a 34 grand race, a uh, 34 grade two race on his second start, that's great. And if he doesn't, you know, they keep his maiden stroke novice status for, for whether they want, whether it be next year or what. But Obviously, he's got to improve massively on his Newbury fourth. But, you know, he, he ran okay there. got very tired on the running. Um, if he does step forward from that, which is possible, stroke probable, then I don't, on his platform, he's got some platform, but none of these could match. Uh, obviously, they didn't have the opportunity to. But, you know, this is a horse that's run to a pretty high level in, grade, in group two, group three company. And if this rain does get into a, the, the ground, that will be a positive. Obviously, he's going to make it more of a stamina test. And, you know, he's got some, like I said, he's got some very, very good, you know, staying form uh, in France. I just think the 50s is, I, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm never afraid of a price. And I just think the 50s is far too big on his, on his platform alone. Right. Okay, big shout then to wrap up that. 
Uh, on we go then. Last race to look at at Kempton is the 337. It's the handicap chase over the three miles. Um, Phlegmatic, Daryl, is your favourite here after winning this sort of race back in January. A month later, he's back for more. Obviously, off a three-pound hour mark, and he's four to one top of the betting. Um, Lord Baddersley is next for Chris Gordon again at nine to two. Bow to greatness in there for Ben Pauling, 13 to two. Those are just your top three. Uh, can Phlegmatic do it again? Yeah. Uh hope not because I'm not with him this time. And I think the only time he has disappointed that Kempton has come when it's been soft ground. If it dries, the, the, the if they if they miss the best part of the rain and it does have the, the Friday and the Saturday to dry, then you know his chances are definitely going to be enhanced, that's for sure. Um so a so a Captain Nords who I am going to give one one last go to. He did catch my eye at Doncaster. Um it, he was backed into eleven to one. I think Tony put him up that day. He did catch my eye. He he between the fourth and third last, he latched back onto the bridle, was pulled out, and just felt like Jack Tudor knew that the winning chance had gone. Therefore, he didn't need to really <clears throat> sort of get after him. And I think he would have finished much, much closer than he did that day. Um, <clears throat> if he's going to score again, it'll be back here at Kempton, I think. Back right-handed for the first time since he went off at 7-2 for this race last year. But the interesting angle for me is the retention of the cheek pieces. Um, they put him on last year. He won second time in them. The year before, second time in them. Both of those came after Don after the Doncaster run, or, or vice versa. But there's we we know how good he is on his day, and we do know that uh, that he is more than capable um, off this mark, despite being out of the handicap. Um, Tristan Durrell gets on because Jack Tudor, I assume, cut well. I know he can't do the weight he did. Ten stone two is his lowest weight, so I can just see him being very well supported. Um, and I think he's got to go close. There's four places on offer in this race as well. Um, I, if, if there's anything left in him, this will be the day, I think, to, to, to at least get him in the frame. So he's the one I'm sorry with. Can completely see the case for Bow to Greatness Horse. That's taken me over a cliff. Um, as well as forward plan, if he gets any bigger than the sevens, I'm going to have to back him as well. But competitive race, but Captain Nord is my big hope for this. Love it. Okay, Captain Old currently twelve to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. TC over for you to you here. How are you playing it? One dart, two darts. What are you throwing at the board? Uh, I put up uh, Bow to Greatness earlier in the week. Um, yeah. It was just a ridiculous price. It was like sixteens in most places, including with the sportsbook, and obviously that's come down to thirteen to two. Um, He's as big as eights elsewhere, and I imagine he'll be eights nine to one because on the exchange on the day. So I'll, but I'll wait to see uh, what the ground's going to be if I'm going to press up on him because I do think he's better on a better surface. Um, even though he's got winning form on soft and heavy, and he did run a very good race when just touched off at Exeter last season on, on what time form called soft ground. But I think. If you go back and have a, I mean, this is this is a real, this is a bad handicap for a hundred and fifty grand race. Let's just say this: this is very, very winnable. Um, and if he, if Bale to Greatness comes back to the form of his second to Midnight River at Aintree last year, a Class One handicap, then he'll take a world of beating in this. Now that did come on good soft ground, and like I said, the going is a slight concern. But you know that that entry for that entry handicap is is far far stronger than this. Uh, you know, second of Midnight River, um, you know, the second, uh, the third, Quando Cueto come out and, uh, and pissed up next time. The fourth was Shaking Up Parry. The seventh was Nassalam. 
if he just comes back to that kind of form, then, you know, he, he will go very, very close here. Now, he had a, um, he knocked a splint in just before, uh, in the, when he, they're getting him ready for the start of the season. So, um, he, he, then he ran badly uh, at Newbury uh, on soft ground. Um, but he ran much, much better for a long way at Cheltenham last time, over two mile four. And I just think the step up in trip with the stable in just like brilliant form. There are 11 from 35 this month going into going into Thursday's racing. They had a, the same number of winners last month. The stable are flying. Um, and yeah, I just I just think off a mark, just a pound higher than eight tree. If the ground isn't too bad, then I would expect him to take a fair bit of beating here. But like I said, the ground does worry me. But hopefully for the from the long term position, bow to greatness. Uh, we'll put his best foot forward here. Okay, bad greatness for TC then. 13 to 2 for that man, Ben Pauling and Ben Jones again. Final word to you, Dan, here. Yeah, well, I'd love some of that 16s. At 13 to 2 now, he's he's maybe saving material for me rather than okay. main view. But as Tony says, it's probably not going to be 13 to 2, is it? There might be 8s and 9s. Um, but at the same price, I like the idea of being able to back Tweed Skirt, who has run up to her best lately, which is obviously something that Bow to Greatness hasn't done. Um, she's had, I think, 18 starts in her career today. Um, sorry, 16 starts in her career today across all codes. And only three of those have been over three miles. Only one of them was a completed run over three miles in a chase because she unseated early. That was here. She absolutely cantered in. I thought it wasn't a strong race, but I thought she was really impressive took over at the second last and just blasted away from them. She had loads in hand. And then she's gone back, kept to three miles, but moved to hurdles. And the time was appalling, admittedly, but she is in and amongst really good mares. Marie's Rock obviously won the race. You wear it well with second. Coccolico was fourth. And the fifth has now escaped my mind um, off the top of my head. But it's the fact she's so unexposed at the trip. And in the aftermath of Kempton, there was talk that they were... I think on RTV, even in the aftermath of her interview, and thought that she might even be sent off to the paddocks because she'd yeah. she'd achieved plenty already. They've they've shelved that to run it um, over hurdles at Donny, and they've shelved it further to run in a hundred and fifty grand race. So um, I thought she's the same price as Bow to Greatness. I think she's more solid. She's got she might not have better form, but she's got more recent form. And I think she's more likely to show her form. So that's the word form several times, in case you didn't notice. Um, and uh, with the places, Barry, I'm sure in pharmacy, five, certainly four. Four, four, oh. four places for this. Um, I'll be each way thieving with Tweed Skirt. And just to, just as a side note, Mr. Henderson, of all the tracks, I always think of him as Kempton, Ascot and stuff. He's this is the track he's sent most winners in his career, and he's only seven away from 300. So, if my tips go all right this weekend, he'll be he'll be only four or five away. Lovely, lovely little note, yeah, right? Just one um, thing on Tweed Skirt I mean, um, the ground is they wouldn't want much, too much more rain for Tweed Skirt. That's that's all, yeah. No, Dan's very specific weather forecast, yeah. Too. The sun needs to have been blazing in between the last two races, a bit of wind as well, yeah. 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 What from um, me are um oh sorry. I How many tweed skirts have you got, Vanessa? Zero. What about Zero. you, Dan? I've told you that <laughs> Dan has I may be a national hunter man, but I've never I'm not into the, the old tweed the tweed game. I often think 
Imagine just walking around a city centre wearing these things that people wear their aces. Remarkable. Be laughed out of town, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, Going well, out I'm... in Manchester with a cap on that says advertising the Asaya. <laughs> weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very weird. You're right. Uh, well, we must move on, please, at pace. And we've got a bit of flat racing at Southall to discuss and some good cards. That A uh, couple of good races, sorry. Daryl, I'm going to start with you for the Heva Sprint Stakes, the first race at Southall. Of course, normally run at Lingfield, but we're up at Southall for this card in set instead. Uh, Clarendon House is your even money favourite for the Robert Cowell Yard, obviously kind of had a level of ability on the turf, but is now becoming this kind of all-weather angle with him. He's two from two on the all-weather in recent times. Bit of a, um okay run at Maydown, but now back to the synthetic surfaces here in the UK. Taking on all-weather specialist Diligent Harry, of course, 100 to 30, and the Irish Raider in there, Thunder Bear, for the Jack Davis in the yard at 7 to 1. Bigger prices for Juan Lapan after that at 12s. Bigger there, even further thereafter. So, Daryl, um, this Robert Cowell horse, obviously this will be deeper waters from here, but is this within his sort of taking, his ability? Yeah, you'd like to think so. I mean, particularly on that that effort in December here at Savills. I mean, that was wow, that was electric. That was that was literally the performance of a group horse. And uh, I think the majority of this field is made up of of handicappers at the top of their top of their ratings, really. So I think Clarendon House has got a good good chance here. Um, even money, probably about right um, on that performance at Savile. Again, you've got the angle with the unexposed um, nature on on the all weather. Not long been gelded. Could have plenty more to come. Perfect trip. Track opens up lovely for, for a strong finisher here at Southall. Lots and lots to like. Um, even money probably outright, though. Uh, I wouldn't want to be getting in, stuck in even money. Uh, but for that reason, it doesn't mean I want to find something else to take, take on Clarendon House. So it'll be a no-bet race, but I, I expect a good performance from Clarendon House. I'm looking forward to watching him. Okay, we're hoping for big things then. Sparkling fronts and Clarendon House. Uh, TC, did you have a view in this race? Diligent Harry being next best in the market kind of sums it up. It's just like, it's not that deep, is it? That's ruthless. No, no. I, <laughs> Why? Um... Why, Daryl? He's, he's a trier, old Diligent Harry, isn't he? He's a try. I don't think he's the most straightforward of rides for starters. And I think he needs those all weather races to go his way for him to put up the performances he does. Yeah. He's got three, he's got three pound penalty as well. So, um, he's got three pound penalty, Darrell. Yeah. The, um, you don't hear me say this very often. I'd much rather be a backer than an out, even money. Um, oh. as Dale said, very, very, yeah. He had the uh, he had the clock watchers kind of like drooling into their horlicks, didn't he? When he when he won at Savile uh, <laughs> last month, that's about as exciting as their life gets, isn't it? Clocking at clocking that time at Savile, um, yeah. And he travelled uh, he travelled really well uh, at uh, Maidan last time in Group Two company. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll I think he'll absolutely piss up here. Just a quick, quick update. Tony's flyer in the um, Dovka, Nichols stuff that I've just read. I mean, you, yeah. you can't help but be encouraged by this, Tony. How's this for a positive update? He is a horse for next season, has a mountain to climb, and if it gets too soft, I'll be tempted to withdraw him. Uh, did he say the same? <laughs> did he say similar about Blue King Daru when he when he bolted up? I don't know. I just yeah. went, oh, then, come on, give me a crumb, please. 
<laughs> I love that. I like that. Positive updates need only apply. Um, yeah, but you got you got to read between the lines. He's probably just trying to get a price for the owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like never it. trust the never trust the trainer. Conspiracy theorist in the corner there. Um, but what it's worth, I actually don't like Horlicks, but I do really like Ovaltine. And does that make me old? I don't know, but I do like an Ovaltine for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, it's a- the only one negative about Clarendon House is obviously he's gone to Dubai and come back and it's within a month. So that could be a slight negative. Yeah. OK. Uh, TC, let's stick with you, please, for the Winter Derby. Obviously being run normally is, is at Linkfield, of course, as we've already mentioned. Lord North won it at Linkfield last year's 13 to 8 market leader here off the back of the big break, of course, since we last saw him in Group 1 winning action in the Dubai Turf at Maidan's big meeting. Off since then, and this is his reappearance run. They've used this two years running now as a prep to go to Maidan. So that's on the cards again. He's taking on military order at nine to four. Lord North is 13 to eight, sorry. And Tahirian C is in there at four to one, has that Lord North form from when they met in this race last year. And also TC, that horse that we spoke a lot about on the pod in and around the derby, Eden. Eden is back here off yep. a very long break, five to one for new trainer Andrew Balding. Intrigued to see how he gets on. This is a race of real interest, not for just now, but looking ahead as well, I feel. Yeah, well, obviously, it's like you said, it's run at Subtle this year. Four of the horses have never run there before. And it tends to be a quite a specialist track, isn't it? Not that I'm an all-weather buff. But, uh, yeah, four of them have run four. Um, Claymore has run there once, finished last of six. So by process of elimination, I think military order is probably the bet in the race at nine to four, if you want one. Um, finish a good second there. I mean, obviously, that you know, that blew out when nine to two for the derby, didn't it? But, yeah, it's um, yeah, it ran OK when just touched off at, uh, at the track last month and... Like I said, by process of elimination that he's run well at the track before, I'd go there in the back class. But then again, Lord North is, because of the conditions of the race, he's unpenalised for a free group one win. So I think the uh, the penalty's only kicking from August onwards. So And obviously when he's uh, in Dubai in March. So yeah, military order, just because he's done it at the track. Okay, track holds them the military order. What about you, Daryl, here? Yeah, military order for me. I think he's the only bet you oh. can have in a race. Um, but I think he's got a decent chance of, of turning over Lord North here. Uh, this is, like, I read a piece that John Gosden, um, Daily Gosden, were obviously unhappy about the switch to, to Savile and the extra furlong <laughs> for him. Um, and this is quite a stiff, stiff track, like, to get home. Like, the extra furlong, it's a long, long extra furlong, if you like, here at Savile. And, and I thought it was a big step back in the right direction for military order, who's going to have race fitness on his side. Obviously, highly touted for the derby last year. Things obviously didn't quite go there well after, uh, quite go his way after winning at Lingfield. But he's been gelded. I expect him to come on a good bit for that run here last time. Um, I think he, I think he'd have plenty in his favour uh, if he's going to turn him over. If he's ever going to beat him, it'll probably be today. And we know this is Lord North's obviously prep run. I know he won it last year, but he was beaten the year before. Um, I think military order's got a good chance. Okay, two votes then for military order in the Winter Derby up at Southall. And of course, that Southall card will be alongside Newcastle on Sky Sports Racing, company woman that I am. And the feature race up at Newcastle is the Ida Chase, last race to mention here, guys. Um, Dan, I shall start with you because you've been pretty quiet, courtesy of the flat racing, but we'll bring you back in for a big staying handicap. 
over, of course, four miles, one and a half furlong. So fingers crossed, as TC said at the start of the day, that we keep it nice and dry up at Newcastle, and then we should have conditions to suit these. Um, Brian Ellison and Henry Book has Anglers Crag in here, 100 to 30 market leader, taking on Fenland Tiger for the Sam England yard, six to one, all these northern yards going to battle here. Uh, although Andy Irvine is up from south with Gold Clermont at six to one. Tommy Bowen there for Seamus Mullins at sevens. Um, some real like horses with like pretty progress. All those horses I've just mentioned actually fall into the kind of progressive upward trajectory profile this season. So which one is the most ahead of the handicapper at this stage in their career, Dan? Uh, yeah, interesting question, really. Um, just to start with a bit of background, it, it feels like a dip in quality this year to me. I'm going to do a bit oh, of prep for you uh, on your behalf, V, just because go back two years and there were 13 horses rated 130 or higher contesting this race. I'm going to have um, to listen to this back and take notes for my yeah. sports racing. It went to five last year, but now it's it's down to four and um, cruise control, one of those. I, I couldn't have stayed in a horse box. So um, uh, two horses I'm confident will definitely get the trip and they're both bigger prices than Angler's Crag. Firstly, it'd be my weaker of the two views. We get out of the way may just have a chance, take a chance on last year's runner-up, the Galloping Bear. It was a second, he was second 12 months ago and definitely a better addition. He ran into Kitty's Light. The pair dominated the latter stages. Kitty's Light obviously went on to complete that remarkable three-timer going to air for the Scottish National and a week later winning the bet 365. He's down to the same mark now and I reckon if he runs the same race, he might just about win it in the absence of... Kitty's light and horses of that caliber. So with the stable having had four from 12 in Feb winners and four more placed, it might be on the back of a break, the angle into the galloping bear reviving. He's a dower stayer, but so too is flower of Scotland. And she is, she's run over marathon trips a couple of times. One time was a borders national at Kelso where in a bunch field three out, she completely set herself apart by the line. She was so strong at the finish. And then she ran an Edinburgh National next time where the ground was quicker. The track is obviously sharper than Kelso. <clears throat> and it, even that wasn't enough of a test for her. She's a remarkably strong stayer. And again, it's... I wonder if Tony might be in the same thinking because he mentioned stables being in... Their, the well-being of their horses being that much higher... Sandy Thompson, he's, he's run to form on time form. This this month has been ridiculous. Basically, everything he's performing. Um, he's had seven winners from 28. He's had numerous others placed. And he definitely had a quiet start to the season by his standards. She was entered to win, to run in the Borders National again and was, was abandoned or she was just taken out. But either way, it feels to me that they said, OK, well, we can't go for that. We're going to highlight and wait for the next best race in the North which is a thorough test of stamina. And anybody who saw Compañero beat Morgan B about a decade ago will know that there's no race that tests stamina in the North quite like the Ida. Um, so I really, really like her. Okay, a big vote then for Flower of Scotland. And TC, you were nodding along pretty much throughout there. Does that mean you concur? Yeah, everything that uh, Dan said about Flower of Scotland, um, yeah. four, 15 to two, four places, um, I think it's a very good bet, basically because there's only about three or four in here that are, are proven stayers. I mean, I mean, you must be Tom Lacey's, you know, race planner, V, because 
I think he might have got the uh, the distance of the race wrong, mustn't he? Four <laughs> miles one, and he's running a cruise control. He's never been over an extended two mile four before. Yeah, you I'd, see, you're um, in catty form with me today. I got I made one mistake. I was just warming up. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, Flower of Scotland. The only downside is he was, she was, sorry, 14s and 12s on Wednesday morning. And um, she's been nibbled since. But then again, we have lost a couple in here that was quite interesting. Most significantly, G-Maker was 92. If you backed him anti-post, you could be calling him Git-Maker. But yeah, mm -hmm. he, he didn't turn up. So we've lost a couple of decent ones. Uh, Flower's Garden. I also put up Raffineur. I'm mean, presuming we're pronouncing that Raffineur, aren't we? But you can tell me. I'll listen in to you on Sky Sports Racing on Saturday to how you pronounce that properly. But... Thank Down to yeah. mark 115, fifth and sixth of, of, uh, of higher marks in this uh, in the last two years. In, in, uh, I think he ran up 131 in it one year and he finished a decent six. So, yeah, Raffoneur, uh, basically on the basis of, you know, he's dropped to a good handicap mark. He is a stayer and he's free from free uh, over fences on heavy grounds. Uh, so, but you need to give him a, a run last time. But that was off the back of an absolutely grueler, uh, grueling win at Kelso. So Raffiner, I, I, I tipped and backed anti-post on on betting.betfair, but the fresh bet has to be Flower of Scotland, 50 to 2 each way, four places. Lovely. Votes for Flower of Scotland. Right. Uh, it's time for naps, guys. We've rattled through all the ITV coverage, uh, so we need your naps. And Dan, I shall start with you, please. Who is your nap? Is it Arclight? Uh, it was very close to me, and even though I'm, I'm playing two in the race, I think Flower of Scotland is way overpriced. Even. I didn't see those at flashy early price that TC did, so I don't have to sort of steal myself with those. So Flower of Scotland in Thida, as they say around here. Thida. Uh, TC, is your Sea Invasion in the first at Kempton? Well, we've got a mole because Sea Invasion's gone from 10 to 15 to 2 while we've been recording this podcast. So well, I'm going to... blaming you for that. <laughs> I am I am going to initiate a Stewart's inquiry with a sports book about who's backing that in the last hour or so because I want their nuts. They should honour the ten to they should honour the ten to one as a result. Anyway, but I did say he's a I did say he's a better six six or seven upwards, so fifteen to two. Uh, I'll uh, that'll still satisfy me, but uh, an inquiry is underway. Stuart, inquiry, please. And finally, to you, Daryl, I've tried to guess the boys, but I didn't know. I, you're, you're too much of a mystery to me at this point, Daryl. I haven't got a handle on you yet. Yeah, that's a polite way of saying you didn't listen to a word I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three o'clock in the dovecut, uh, Panjari, for me. I think he's, uh, I, I'll back him. I think he should be close to 11 or four shot rather than nine to two. And if Tony says he's bigger elsewhere, I'll take it all. Okay, brilliant. Uh, guys, thank you very much. As always, listeners and viewers out there, don't forget the Completely Free Bet on racing multiples every weekend between now and Cheltenham. Other offers too, extra places, all on the website. But do it responsibly, have fun with it, but please gamble responsibly. And of course, those safer gambling tools are also easy to find and easy to use on Betfair's website. Have a very good weekend, everyone. We will, of course, be back on Monday with Wade in. But for now, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>